and watching this Bible study with us. This is our second study in this study on the fruit of the Spirit, kind of an unusual title, Peeled, and I'll show you why we're using that title in just a moment. But I thank you that you've come to open God's Word with us, and if you're here in the sanctuary or watching at home, would you take God's Word and go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to be studying this passage of Scripture for probably eight weeks or so uh, as we go through each fruit of the Spirit. Now, the reason I called this study Peeled uh, is because if you look up here, when you peel an apple, you're removing, of course, the outer covering, the, the outer skin of the apple to, to reveal the fruit that's inside. Now, I'm just curious, there's no theological significance to this. How many of you eat the apple with the peel? How many of you just, you peel the apple first? I'm surprised. I thought it would just be the opposite. I always eat the apple with the peel until recently. Lisa got me hooked on peeling the thing now, so I can't eat it with the peeling anymore. But you know what? When you peel that apple, I know the, the, the peeling is good for you and it's healthy and all that, all that kind of thing. Uh, but when you peel the, the, the peeling back, it reveals that fruit, that juicy fruit that's inside and what I was thinking about is life has a way of doing that to us. Life has a way of pilling us as well, revealing what's inside of us. And I was thinking today it would be great to live in a world where everybody loved you. You ever felt that way? It'd be great to live in a world where there's no jealousy and there's no hatred, where there's no lying. It'd be great to live in a world where there's no temptation. Uh, to lead you astray. It'd be great to live in a world where nobody ever criticizes you. It'd be great to live in a world where there's no problems. It would be great to live in a world where everybody's patient and everybody's kind and everybody's giving. It'd be great to live in that kind of world where it's easy to live a Christian life. But that's not the kind of world we live in, is it? We live in a world of problems. We live in a world of heartaches. We live in a world headaches. We live in a world where there's gossip. We live in a world where there's jealousy. We live in a world where there's family conflict. We live in a world where there's criticism. We live in a world where sometimes we're tempted to do things we ought not do. We live in a world where it's difficult sometimes to live out our faith. We live in a world where people even sometimes question why we're living the way we're living. That's why tonight's study is so relevant and tonight's study is so important. The Apostle Paul is talking about living out our faith. And how do you live out your faith in a world that opposes your faith? How do you live out your faith in a world that attacks you sometimes? How do you live out your faith in a world that doesn't share your faith? Well, let's go to Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 14 and 15. So we set the context, trying to, to get our, our, our bearings for verses 22 and 23. That's eventually where we're heading but I want to start with verse 14 and 15. He says, The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. When I saw that, that verse, verse 15, he talks about if you keep on biting and devouring each other, those words imply that that's what they were doing. It's not that, hey, don't do this, but they were doing that. It was not just, hey, be sure you avoid this. They were involved in this. And the Apostle Paul says, if you keep on, this is something you're already doing, if you keep on 
biting and devouring each other. Watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. As I was reading this, I thought about the news that I've been watching lately in the last few weeks. I've wondered, I've literally wondered, are we ever going to get along again? You know, Carol talked a moment ago about he's, he's encouraged because of what he saw and what he heard today. And I hope that does continue. But I wonder sometimes, are we ever going to get along again? And it's not just politics, it's on social media. Uh, even, I don't want to get into it, but even in the Southern Baptist Convention, Southern Baptist leaders, Southern Baptist pastors, you start following them on Twitter and everything, one person says something, somebody else says something else, and, and it's just, it's just, that's the reason I got off social media, is to get so disappointed watching these pastors fighting with one another who are supposed to be spiritual leaders. To use the words of Scripture... We've seen a lot of biting and devouring each other lately. So here's the big question. How do you genuinely live out your faith in a world like that? That's the situation Paul was addressing. Here's the thing. How can we be Christ-like in our character and conduct? That's what Paul's going to raise the question. How can we be Christ-like in our character? And how can we be Christ-like? In our conduct. Especially when we live in a world that does not value that. When you live in a society or maybe in your family. Maybe in your community. Maybe where you work. Maybe they don't, they don't value character. Or they don't value a Christ-like conduct. So how do we live in that kind of a world and live out our faith? Well, first of all, there's a principle that we can follow. If you look in verse 16, chapter 5, verse 16. It says, so I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Here's the principle to follow. Live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the sinful nature. Now that phrase, live by the Spirit, is an important phrase. You might want to highlight that or underline that in your Bible. Live by the Spirit. And if you, if you were to read that in the Greek New Testament, you would see that that phrase is in the present tense. And really what that is saying is this, keep on living or go on living by the Spirit. It's something you are continually supposed to do. That's what the present tense means. Something you continually are to continue to do. You, you keep on living by the Spirit. I put in my notes, it's a matter of habit. He's referring to living by the Spirit, go on living by the Spirit. He's talking about developing a holy habit. A holy habit of responding to the situations of life by responding to the promptings of the Holy Spirit within you. It's an interesting point if you look at this text. It's an interesting point that if you think about it, Jesus is the person, the primary person responsible for our salvation, but the Holy Spirit is the primary person responsible for our sanctification. I might want to write that down. Jesus even talked about this. We won't have time to look at the text. John 14. Uh, we don't have time to read that, but there's a lot of information that Jesus gives us about the role of the Holy Spirit in John 14. And in John 14, He says the Holy Spirit is your comforter. Yes. One called alongside to help you. But the Holy Spirit is also your teacher. That it's the Holy Spirit of God, Jesus said, who will teach you and remind you of what I have said. And the Holy Spirit of God is your equipper. The Holy Spirit of God is the one who enables you to do uh, the things I've called you to do and to live the Christian life. So it's an interesting concept that the, Jesus is the primary person behind our salvation, but it's the Holy Spirit 
who's the primary person behind our sanctification. So how do we live out our faith? We live out our faith primarily under the direction and the power of the Holy Spirit who is in us. Look at the text with me again in verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit. Because it's the Spirit that, that helps you to grow in your faith. So I say, live by the Spirit, and watch this, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. That phrase, will not, is an important phrase. In the original language, the Greek language, it's a double negative. Live by the Spirit. Look at your text. Let me read it to you this way. Live by, I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not not gratify the desires of the flesh. Or you could say it this way. Live by the Spirit, and you will not never under any circumstance gratify the desires of the flesh. That's really what that ume is the Greek phrase there. Ume, it's a double negative. You will not never under any circumstance. Paul is making a very important point here. Jesus, listen to this. Put this on your notes. Jesus saved us from the penalty of sin, but it is the Holy Spirit of God that delivers us from the seduction of sin. You hear that? Jesus is the one who saved us from the penalty of sin. But it is the Holy Spirit of God who saves us from the seduction of sin. Verse 16, so I say live by the Spirit. And you will not, never under any circumstance, gratify the desires of the sinful nature. You see, you cannot live the Christian life on your own any more than you can be saved on your own. It's impossible. You can't live the Christian life on your own. Any more that you can save yourself on your own. Put your finger in Galatians. Go to the left for a moment. Let me show you how Paul makes this case in the book of Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Look at Romans chapter 8 beginning in verse 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are what? What's that next phrase say? Those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, he's talking about the role of Jesus in our salvation. Watch this. Follow this. The role of Jesus in our salvation. There, therefore, is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the what? To the Spirit. So He's talking about in the first few verses about Jesus paying the penalty of our sin. Then he begins to make the transition and talk about the Spirit of God saving us from the seduction of sin. Look what he says in verse 5. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is Hostile to God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, in contrast, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, 
but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God does what? Lives in you. The Spirit of God, he said, lives in you. That's why, listen to me, that's why, that's why it is the Spirit of God who is the one who enables us to do the will of God. Because the Spirit of God lives in us. And he goes on to say in verse 9, And if anyone does not have the Spirit of, of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, there, is, there it is again, the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who lives in you. Three times, the Apostle Paul brings to our attention that it is the Spirit of God living in us that makes all the difference. Now, why is that so important? Well, if you go back to Galatians chapter 5, I'll show you why that's so important. Galatians chapter 5. Look up here at the screen. There is a problem. There's a problem we all have. It's in verse 17. Here's what he says. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. You see, basically, here's what you need to understand. The day that you got saved, if you've trusted Christ as Savior, the day that you got saved, the Holy Spirit of God came to live within you. But you still have that sinful nature you had before you got saved. Because you're still in flesh. You still have this body. And so long as you're living in this body, you will have that sinful nature. It was passed down to us from Adam. And so because we live in this flesh, we have a fleshly sinful nature. But, when the Holy Spirit of God comes to live within us, we now have the Spirit of God enabling us to overcome that sinful nature. We now have the opportunity to choose not to sin because the Spirit of God is living in us. We now have the possibility of choosing to obey God rather than obeying our sinful nature because the Spirit of God is living in us. Now, Look at the text for me. I'll show you something. Here's the problem we all have. Here's the problem we all have. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. And ladies and gentlemen, that is a problem you have. That is a problem I have. That is a problem those watching online. That is a problem you have. If you know Christ as Lord and Savior, there is this conflict within you. And it is a constant conflict. In fact, we really have a double problem. Let me show you what the problem is. First of all, we, the, the world around us. The world around us. We live in a world where it's not natural to live like Jesus. We live in a world where, by and large, we're not encouraged to live a Christian life. We live in a world around us that, by and large, is not uh, made up of, you know, of a Christian mindset. Now, that used to be true that we lived in a Christian nation. It's a very different nation now, isn't it? And we live in a world all around us, it's not natural to live a Christian life. That's one of the problems of living out your faith. But there's a bigger problem, and that is the second thing, the struggles that are within us. 
Our sinful nature desiring what is contrary to the spirit that lives in us. Put your finger in Galatians. Go over to the right and find 1 Peter uh, chapter 2. Very interesting verse in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 11. Peter says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Pretty powerful word there. Peter was talking about that conflict within each of us. Where the old nature in us wants things that are contrary to the new nature. And vice versa. So those two natures within us are in constant conflict with each other. And Peter says you need to be careful because that old nature, that fleshly nature, wars against, fights against your soul. Now let me show you practically how this works out. I bet you've never had this happen to you, but I've had it happen to me. Have you ever had anybody cuss you out? Yeah, some of you have. It's not fun, is it? Not fun. I'm not going to get into the details, but I've had that happen a couple of times. Now, when somebody cusses you out, the old nature wants to respond and retaliate. Now, I've never cussed anybody out. I don't, I've, never, I've never ever done that. So I'm not saying that that was what I did. That's how I responded. But, but here's the conflict. Here's the con- I remember so, I, I wish I could tell you the details. It's nobody in our church. It's nobody that you know. But I remember so well, this man was so mad at me. And he was cussing me and cussing me and cussing me. And inside, I didn't want to cuss, cuss back, but I wanted to tell him, a, a, you know, a thing or two. Just in the name of Jesus, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to lay hands on him and pray over him, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and yet, here's what was, here's what was happening. The Holy Spirit of God was reminding me, self-control, self-control, self-control. And in that moment, watch this. In that moment, I had to make a decision to yield to the flesh or to yield to the Spirit. I don't always make the right decision, but thankfully I did that day. I yielded to the Spirit and the temperature lowered quickly. As he saw, I wasn't going to argue with him. And as I tried to season my words with grace, I've often prayed, God, season my words with grace. That's a hard prayer to pray when somebody's standing there mad at you, spitting at you, not intentionally, but just they're so mad, they're spitting out the cuss, cuss words at you. It's hard to say, God, season my words with grace. But you know what? That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where you live out your faith. Be easy to live out your faith if everybody liked you. Be easy to live out your faith if everybody loved you. Be easy to live out your faith if there was no problems. When do we have to live out our faith? It's when it's tried. It's tested. Let me give you one, one other example. Take your car to get it fixed. <clears throat> the mechanic tells you to be ready by 3 o'clock. You give him a little extra time. You show up at 4 o'clock. And it's not ready. And in fact, he went home early. Now, it's already been there for two weeks. He assured you it would be ready by 3 o'clock. 4 o'clock, you found out it's not only not ready, he went home early. The sinful nature, 
The sinful nature will say, get angry and give them a piece of your mind. And the Spirit of God within you would say, show patience and kindness. Then you've got to make that decision, don't you? Which one do I yield to? Which one do I yield to? But to put it simply, sometimes there's a conflict. Watch this. I'm just being as practical as I, could, as I can. Sometimes there is a conflict between what God wants and what I want. And the question is, will we be led by the Spirit? Or will we be led by the flesh and what comes natural? He says in verse 16, again, look at it. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So the question is, will we? Will we be led by the Spirit of God? So here's the third thing I want to show you tonight. Let's just talk real quickly about the fruit of surrender. That's what I'm calling it right now, the the fruit of surrender. We're going to come back and we're going to be looking at each one of the fruits of the Spirit individually. Uh, But the fruit of surrender, the fruit of the Spirit is not something that we seek as much as it is something that we experience as we allow Jesus to live His life in us and have control. Uh, Look, I brought this apple, and I'm probably going to eat it when I get home because it's just looking so good. You know this, but let me remind you of this. Fruit is never self-produced. It's always the result of living connected to a tree or a vine. I don't know of any fruit that's self-produced. It's the result of being connected to a tree. It's the result of, if it's a grape, for example, being connected to a vine. This apple is the result of living in connection with an apple tree. It is the evidence of having lived in connection with the apple tree. This is the evidence. This is the fruit of having spending time connected to the apple tree. The fruit of the Spirit is simply evidence that Jesus is living in you and that He has control of your life. Does that make sense? The the fruit of the Spirit is simply evidence that you're connected to Jesus. That your life is connected to Jesus. You see, we can live in one of two ways. The acts of the sinful nature, which are stated for us beginning in verse 19. We can live according to the acts of the sinful nature, or we can live according to the fruit of the Spirit. And so let's just look real quickly at the fruit of the Spirit, and then we'll come back next week and study these individually. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Please note these three words. The fruit of the Spirit. Those are important words. It's not the the fruit of human determination. It's not the result of human resolutions. It's not the fruit of human effort. The things that he lists here, these nine graces of Christian character and conduct, originate in the Holy Spirit. When your life, when your life is connected to the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be the evidence, the fruit of your relationship with Jesus. 
And so he mentions nine fruits of the Spirit. He mentions what, what I'm calling nine graces of the Spirit of God. And it's interesting when you break them down that three of these graces are expressed Godwardly. He talks about in verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and peace. These are things that we express towards God. Love, joy, and peace. Things that, that are a response to our relationship with God. Love, joy, and peace. Love, of course, is, is that identifying mark of the believer. Jesus Himself said, this is how people will know that you're one of my disciples, that you love one another. Look up here for a moment. This is how people will know that you're my disciples. That when It's evident that you're connected to me because there will be the fruit of that relationship that will show up in your love for one another. And joy. Joy is a happiness that comes out of a right relationship with God. The fruit of a right relationship with God. Peace. Peace is basically contentment and confidence in God. That there is a contentment in your life that comes out of your relationship with God. It is just the natural fruit that is produced in your life because of your relationship with God. So those are three graces that are expressed Godwardly. Then there's three graces that are expressed manwardly. Patience. The ability to accept delay or disappointment calmly. Patience. Kindness. Gentle in our dealings with others. Goodness. Being of good character. These are fruits that are expressed manwardly. And, and the Apostle Paul was saying, listen, when you're connected to the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit of God is living within you, it will be evident by the way you treat other people. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. The way you treat other people will show or should show the fruit of the Spirit of God living in you. And then there's three graces that are expressed inwardly. He talks about faithfulness, which is trustworthy, being trustworthy and reliable. Gentleness, that is being meek and mild, not demanding. And self-control, the ability to regulate our response to the circumstances we're in. Now here's what I want you to hear me say as we get ready to close. All of these things are characteristics that are found in Jesus. Put all nine of those things together, you've just described Jesus. If you read all those nine things, Jesus was every one of those things. He lived out all of those things when He walked on earth. And when we allow Him to have control in our life, when we have a real lasting relationship with Him, look up here, it's going to show. That's what the fruit of the Spirit means. When you have a relationship with the Lord that is real, it's going to show. Now, you're not going to be perfect at it. Sometimes you're going to lose your temper. You're not going to be perfect at it. Sometimes uh, you're not going to be patient. You're not going to be perfect at it. And that's when you, think, you thank God that His mercies are new every morning. Thank God that you get another chance today to do it right. And to live in dependence and in relationship with Him. So when we allow Him to have control of our lives, watch this. When we allow Him to have control of our lives, it shows. And when we don't allow Him to have control of our lives, it shows. Through the Spirit, 
or the fruit of the flesh. Both show up in our lives. So it really comes down to these two words that we said last week. Resist or respond. Resist what the Holy Spirit of God is showing you, telling you, prompting you. Or respond to the Holy Spirit of God. That, that's really the concept when he says in verse 16, live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Don't resist, but respond. Live by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. So next week, I hope you'll be back and we're going to dig into each one of these uh, fruits of the Spirit and talk about them individually, how that applies to our lives. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for your love and your mercy. It is new every day and we don't always get this thing right, but help us uh, tonight, help us tomorrow just to live out our faith, to live in relationship with you and may it be evident that we are living in relationship with you by the fruit people see in our lives. We want to yield to you. We want to respond to your promptings in such a way that we're living more like Jesus each day. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here tonight.